Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is Springfield City Councilor Leonard Stair. Leonard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Patty. It's great to be back. I had a great time the last time as well. Yeah, this is really cool. This is one of the best things uh, that I get to do is I get to meet people like yourself. We've been crossing paths over the last few years. Uh, you know, with the work that you've been doing with the Springfield City Council in Springfield, Oregon, uh, no, most notably, uh, Johannes Tadeo put on a cool event um, recently that we were both at. That was the Safer 25th anniversary celebration, and that was a great day. And and yeah, live music. I mean, lots of great food. I mean, uh, there was nothing. There was nothing not to like about that event. No, it was a good one. Uh, so we're here today because this is kind of an impromptu thing. We really didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this because you called me basically yesterday and said, hey, I've got some big news. Uh, I'd like to kind of speak directly to the citizens of Springfield. What do you think about having me on? So, I, I, I really appreciate you accommodating me on extremely short notice, yeah. less than 24 hours. That's, uh, the, uh, that, that, that's the appeal and sort of the, um, I guess the... Um, the, the the charm of your show is that you are uh, able to turn on a dime, and yeah. uh, I appreciate that. So, um, I uh, hey Thomas Hyura, uh, Thomas Hyura, yeah, he he wanted to say hey, woo, Leonard, uh, and then also that the state of the city was great. I haven't had a chance to digest it completely, but Sean Van Gordon does a great job. Yeah, um, I uh, I made a short statement at the end of oh, cool. the uh, at the at the end of the state of the city address, just about housing and um, about homeless issues. Um, right. So yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, that's the cool thing is that that stuff is accessible after the fact as well. You know, it's in the middle of the week and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so. Now we've got some really big news. Uh, you, how long have you been in, on the city council? I'm um, six years now. Six years. Uh, I was uh, I was starting on my seventh year right now, and um, yeah, I do um, want to let everybody know that unless something changes in very short order, it looks like um, due to a series of circumstances, I'm going to be leaving Springfield with great regret and with a heavy heart. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to uh, be chasing a job down to the Atlanta area. Yeah, Atlanta. You told me that. So are you going to make a rap album? Like buy, get yes. A, get a Lamborghini. And- uh, that, that, that's exactly right. That's the job I'm going to be making. Uh, I'm going to be freestyling and uh, kicking it hardcore with uh, trucker songs. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Uh, I would. It's funny that trucker songs could possibly actually be rap in today's world. That's uh, that's a that's a revelation. I I think there was uh what was that Florida Georgia line? I I think there was uh there there was a group that actually had sort of a trucker rap song. I, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, so this is big. I mean, you know, you're stepping down from the city council. 
pretty much effectively like real soon this is going to be something that could be coming within the next week or so right I mean, um yes um i i think um there i'm i'm going to announce it on uh at the end of the um city council meeting on monday um right. and um again i i had every intention of finishing out my term here as a city councilor and was looking forward to representing my constituents here in the city and um it's uh it was a series of circumstances that um led me to uh go back to the truck i'm i think a trucker lens gonna ride again here that's pretty wild so uh you know this will have we'll have two uh vacancies i mean i know damian pitts is not seeking re-election two that i know of yours and damian pitts and we don't know what the other people are going to do um i think uh damian's uh damian's replacement um michelle has already been uh, oh okay sworn in. right okay yeah. okay cool so and, there's gonna be one right and then uh vicky uh vicky doyle uh, victoria doyle is going to be uh the uh, replacement for merrily woodrow and uh ward five right so this so there'll be one replacement one vacancy that the city council will have to appoint yeah. and uh this is gonna you know potentially change the balance of the council so i guess my first question was would be what would you like to see in a replacement you know for the candidate i i want well you know that this is going to sound sort of vain but i uh, i i would like to have uh, a replacement who stands up for workers in springfield right. um i want um just somebody who would be willing to advocate and go to bat for the people who would otherwise be disenfranchised and unrepresented right at the at the level of the council I, I know that people get, they scoff at the idea of representation appointments, right? A lot of times where I, I just would like to see somebody from the Latinx community uh, propped up and elevated and have that voice, you know, be heard more. And so I think that we need somebody from the Latinx community on the council. Obviously, we want the most qualified person for the position, regardless of, of you know, what box they check. But I just see right. a growing, a continual grow, growing uh, uh community in the latinx community in in springfield and i just feel like there needs to be that voice being heard more uh, I, I would love it if you could find a um a, a latinx um counselor for the city for that um, word yeah and you know if we could find one in ward four then i would be jumping in with both feet to back them up um i'm unfortunately not going to be part of the process of the appointment yeah but so if anybody listening i mean this is going to be big if you're in springfield and and you are someone or know someone that would like to run for city council this is going to be your chance to put your name in the hat yeah. this is uh something that unfortunately in eugene and springfield we've had a lot of experience with over the last couple of years yeah. of the appointment process for many different reasons. We had the mayor in Springfield step down. We had the recall in Eugene. Now we have you stepping down. Obviously, when the mayor stepped down, uh, Mayor Lundberg, uh, Sean Van Gordon was then appointed to the mayor position. And so that was opened up a vacancy. And so it's like, it seems like this is a common thread. Well, there was a charter amendment that was proposed um, at the grassroots level that would have made any vacancy in the uh, council subject to a vote by the public. And I, I completely support that. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, I, I think it should be done. Yeah, I think so too, especially with what we're seeing now, especially like in the, in the Eugene situation where there's the recall where like, uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, done for political reasons. And, and if the people aren't, if the people, the will of the people is going to be ignored, you yeah. know, unfortunately now we see in Congress a much different issue where you have a person that after they were elected comes out that they're complete fraud. 
in George Santos, right? And so what do you do then? Because that was the will of the people with the votes, but they were voting on something that they, that was mis, you know, represented. Can can I just say that I've I've seen the pictures, you know, George Santos is hotly denying that he was ever a drag queen and he is a damned lovely woman. I mean, uh, why is he not embracing that, and why is he not owning it? Because I, I think that you know maybe his um, there there's a um, a contingent a contingent of his colleagues in Congress that would just um, I guess um, I, I that that would object to the fact that he had actually participated in drag events yeah, but just but, but you know what i mean those people i mean they're they're not a they're, they're not in favor of the gay community at all so you know they're what what it is is this whole um this whole idea of a, a of a drag event like we had down at um old vic uh old nicks in uh, in eugene it, it becomes a proxy for homophobia right and so i think that what we have to do is we just have to just um at, at some point we have to stop worrying about the people who are just trying to parse the difference um, between um, gay issues and trans issues and uh, drag issues and just embrace embrace the whole community. Yeah, um, it's it's that whole yeah the the, the George uh, what is his name uh, George uh, uh, Santa, I want to say Soros but that's uh, the, Santos Santos yeah. yeah it's a mess it's a mess because yeah the voters voted him in. And he completely lied on everything, on every qualification about going to colleges and about not doing drag, apparently. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's not, I don't have any issue with people that do drag at all. And right. But but it's there, interesting how there's a misrepresentation of, of somebody. I just want th but, this happens on a national level much more. You know, I mean, that can't, Congress is a small position, actually, yeah. is what, what I found out. I mean, I thought it was such a big deal, but it is a lot of times very small. But what's blatantly obvious in in his situation is he basically was the seat was bought i mean right. there's there's monies exchanged there's campaign finance laws that look like they've been broken overtly and it's so blatant that it's all about the numbers and it's not about any type of integrity or ethics or any of that stuff no none and i i think those are the real issues here um the the real issues are that the uh the the election was pretty openly um, bought by um, yeah. by by donors um, to the uh, Santos campaign, and now they're backing and filling because he's um, uh, apparently been caught in some lies on his resume and uh, some uh, some degrees that he didn't have. And I, yeah, I think it would be a shorter list to tell the times that he told the truth. That's yeah. the crazy part about this whole thing. Right. But, so. but, but really, I mean, you know, if you talk, I, I remember Trent Lott at one time, um, he was, uh, the majority leader of the Senate and, um, somebody asked him, I mean, is there, is there graft in, um, in the Senate? And the word graft even then was sort of quaint. Um, he said, um, the patronage system is the American way. And it enraged me when he said that because I thought, you know, wait, wait a minute, he's saying that you can be bought off as a congressman. And I thought, then it it, it, it occurred to me, I'm getting angry at Trent Lott for telling the truth. I mean, it is the system right now. And you are pretty much just catering not to your constituents or to the people who voted for you. You're catering to the people who donated to your campaign right, right. and when you're a donate when when you're a donor-based campaign then it's going to be a lot less of a representative system and right. that's a problem and that that's we're have. Uh, yeah and that's why i 
prefer to talk mostly about local stuff because I am actually uh, pretty confident in, in a lot of stuff that's happening, especially in Springfield. And I know that there's some massive changes in Eugene. Next week, I'm going to be talking to shelter care and we'll talk about the, you know, Governor Kotek's uh, emergency declaration on homelessness uh-huh. and and how that might actually what that's going to look like, what that's going to do for our local community, how it's going to help. Uh, maybe with some funding and and uh, allocation of of land of of county owned land. I know that that's something that's being considered where they can use some land and repurpose it so that maybe they can house some people. Yes. And so there's some really exciting things happening locally. The national stuff just gives me a headache, and I still pay attention to it, but I I have to just be able to turn my brain off to it and then just see what we're doing locally that's actually productive. Yeah, and and there are some encouraging things that have happened. I mean, during uh, Commissioner Bernie's term, he uh, got the Patrician Mobile Home Park um, bought by the residents of the mobile home park. They were going to be turned out on the street, probably not, probably never to live in Springfield again because of the taxes the co- and the cost yeah. yeah and the cost of living here um and he uh he he arranged this um opportunity um that is now being proposed at the statewide level thanks to senator manning that would give any mobile home park residents who are being displaced the opportunity to buy their mobile home park which i think is absolutely yeah. just and fair and i definitely um, had him on the podcast we talked about that and i mean it, it was it was a big deal i i just i still i cannot believe that Joe Bernie wasn't reelected. Twenty nine votes. I'm 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 almost positive that was the number that he lost by. Well, I think we're going back to the same problem that we had with the Santos campaign, which is that Lovell was backed by some very powerful forces. Sure. I mean, he was uh, there. I when I was out canvassing for Joe, I mean, there were uh, in, immense. Uh, and this is very symbolic these immense signs you know we were putting out lawn signs that were like you know i mean you could you you could definitely right. um hold it in the picture right now and um the love all signs were the uh, size of buicks it seemed like yeah. um and so at that point you you question again who uh, who ben- who benefits i mean who benefits from these immense amounts of money that are being spent on well in time will tell and i'm definitely going to be calling it out but i know that there'll be some some uh you know stuff happening in the lane county commissioner debates that are you know david lovell is going to be thinking about number one first himself yeah. and so we'll see how that happens but you, bet. you know so you have championed uh workers rights that's been something that you've been fighting for forever uh and there's a few issues uh nationally that you wanted to talk about with labor issues yes um and so we'll jump into them you're gonna i don't know a lot about these labor is not my strong suit but you have helped me learn a tremendous amount in the last especially few months honestly and the last episode that i had with you i learned a lot because i had to it forces me to do research and i say research but i just i want to give a shout out before i ask these questions to the local journalists yes i am not a journalist i'm a podcaster this is entertainment we're just having conversations a lot of the stuff that I uh, am able to bring to the show, I, I find from, I mean, Register Guard, I know that it's not the same as it once was, but there's still some great people working and doing some great stuff. Yes. And and there's some, you know, like la- when I interviewed uh, 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 d- uh, the kid that was uh, lowering the voting age to 16, uh, Devin, that 
you know, I found the Oregon Capital Chronicle, and there. I mean, there's some just really good people working across the state. Going to the um, newsroom at the Register Guard right now is kind of a sad experience because you've got like one city reporter in the corner of this immense cavernous space that used to be full of reporters. Wow. I mean, you know, it's like a lone, a lone voice in the wilderness. It's unfortunate. That, I mean, the, the good thing is there's independent uh, journalists or whatever you want to call it, but also, I mean, there's different. I do have a lot of respect for the people that are doing it with with uh you know they take that careful approach where you're like we need to make sure that this is all accurate you know and, yeah. they, and they do a pretty good job i've seen a lot of consistency with our local journalists so i just want to give a shout out to them and i i wouldn't be able to do what i do if it wasn't for them so i want to give a shout out but yeah. you know let's get into it one of the the first issue is uh a U.S. Supreme Court decision that's due in June. This is the Teamsters Local 174 versus the Glacier Northwest. Right. Uh, and creates a union liability for financial impact of strike. Explain to me what that's, yeah. this is all about. All right. Well, Glacier Northwest is, if I'm not mistaken, a concrete company. And so the people that were working and striking over there were um, drum hauling up. Uh, mixers um hauling cement mixers and um so glacier northwest was impacted um economically by this strike i mean obviously if your trucks are not running and they're not delivering the cement the concrete then as the concrete company you're not going to be making any money and so the they didn't like that i am it's very rare that a uh, an employer enjoys being struck um but they took it a step further than most employers do. They challenged the right of Teamsters 174 to strike and sued the local for the economic impact of the strike. And so John Roberts, the, the chief justice, who was originally considered a conservative on the court, um, he said that there is a difference. Um, this is during arguments. Um, he said that there's a difference between an economic impact on the employer, which, and, and he said correctly, that's generally the idea behind a strike in the first place, and yeah. breaking the employer. I mean, bombing the facility or um, deliberately sabotaging the equipment and that kind of thing. Right. He said it's like the difference between um, letting milk go bad and killing the cow. That was the analogy that he gave. And yeah, I, I hope that that's going to be the opinion that prevails. But unpor unfortunately, John Roberts is now like a, a crazy leftist on the yeah. court. I mean, you know, you've got uh, five justices that are unfortunately just pretty much um, united as a block against workers. So I'm afraid that the decision is going to go against Local 174 and it's going to cripple the ability of an employee of, of a union to and that'll set precedent that that would you know oh yeah and then another binding, one that, binding you know, president mm -hmm. the the ups contract negotiations will be this year and that, that's basically this that decision in the supreme court uh uh, local 174 versus Glacier Northwest will probably affect the UPS one, correct? Yes. Um, and so that would would limit their ability to strike. Can you explain I, that kind of more thoroughly? You know, it, it would be up to the court to establish when that decision actually goes into effect. But if it's due in June, then that would be before the expiration of the UPS contract, which is going to be at the end of July of this year. Um, and there are some very large and urgent issues that need to be addressed in the new UPS contract. One of them is whether... Um, the two-tier wage system for UPS drivers is going to remain in effect um, that is more or less dividing drivers against each other. It's a, a time-honored tradition to divide and conquer with the employers that if they can 
get drivers arguing and pitted against each other, then they have to worry much less about the united front that a union can provide. Right. Um, so that that's one of the issues. One of the issues is part-time wages. Part-timers are reporting to work at four o'clock in the morning, uh, working for about five hours, and they're making, in some cases, less than a new employee at a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Um, they're, they're working, um, their, their current wage is sixteen seventy-five, I think, and it's, uh, that's a dollar below what kfc is paying in eugene right now right. starting wage which is wild yeah. yeah um so anyway to to, to get back to the uh, to the strike the there are two uh, potential obstacles to two potential roadblocks with one of them is this uh, pending decision against uh, 174 and number two is the possibility that president biden is going to order the ups workers back to work yeah and he's the, not going to allow them to strike i mean and i understand you know because when you're when you're ups or usps and you're delivering potentially medicine and you know that's the world we live in now there is a point where you know it just it's handcuffed it just sucks because you it's such a needed service yeah in know? in 1997 there was a ups strike and um the thinking was i mean the 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 company was dare i say it pretty cocky going into that strike um because they thought number one the president clinton at that point they thought president clinton would never allow the the employees to strike um because of uh, the economic urgency of keeping the wheels running at right. ups um and number two um, the uh, there had recently been a, a one day strike at UPS um, that was dedicated to um, breaking the uh, the company's uh, expansion of the seventy pound weight limit, um, and it, it was uh, it was called the hundred weight program, and that strike was very poorly organized and it fell apart pretty quickly. Um, so they thought, well, you know, if they uh, if if the Teamsters couldn't even mount a successful one day strike, then how is that? Uh, how are they going to be able to manage a strike that's going to be comprehensive and uh, nationwide for the long term? And they found out. I mean, it was a very successful strike, and the uh, the um, UPS, UPS was losing immense amounts of money per day. Uh, nobody was crossing the lines, and as a result, the uh, the it was the best contract in the history of the uh, of the. Teamsters. Um, yeah, and I mean the idea that you could stop someone from striking, and I understand when there's when there's like I said a service that is necessary, but that's why you know striking has its impact. And like you had said before, it's like this is one of the most democratic things that you can do: peacefully right. protesting what <laughs> what's happening is essentially what it is. You yeah, know, exactly. Not a destruction of property, even not a you know just basically stand. I'm going to stand for my rights, and I refuse to do what you want until. It's a stoppage. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, you, you know, my favorite strike of the last uh, 20 years was probably the uh, the one at Republic Window in Chicago. And the uh, the company was actually just going to close the place up. And these guys chained themselves to their machines. And wow. they, they would not, they, they wouldn't allow the place to close. And wow. so it was just a, it was a pretty radical step, but it was very productive. They wound wow. up, they wound up saving the company. So now a, a recent example of, uh, you know the the railroad workers. I mean, this was is was in the news for a week. You know, and and in our twenty four hour news cycle, it was a blip, and people that weren't affected by it just forgot about it. But you had told me off air that railroad workers were, in your words, quote, railroaded 
by the U.S. government. Yeah, yeah it was so, a pretty good one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? So explain to me the whole, explain to me what went down with that and, and why you're kind of being critical, not kind of, you're very critical on Biden's handling of this. Yes, um, well, what happened was, first of all, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to just wail on uh, President Biden and his administration because the Republicans don't want sick leave for anybody, basically. Yeah, right, I mean, right. so, you know, the, 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 the fact that the, uh, the company was going, to, or the company, Companies, the other uh, railroad companies were willing to um, grant one sick day uh, to their people. They considered a radical step, and they, uh, I think, the Biden administration also also considered it well better than nothing. Um, and so, um, what what happened was the uh, the uh, the unions wanted, I think, seven sick days. And they were holding out. We're uh, we're we're going to uh, we're going to strike over it. And um, the Biden administration intervened and prevented the strike from going through. Um, they said, you know, we 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 can't allow the railroads to close. Um, it's a, a matter of the economic security of the country. And so um, we were going to impose this contract that was voted down by the members. And it's uh, you know it should go without saying that pretty significantly um, kneecapped not only the railroad union, but potentially other unions that are going to be looking at that example that he's set now um, and possibly um, not strike when otherwise they would be willing to. Yeah, and, you know, this all could have been avoided if, you know, the Democrats would have listened to the people and put Bernie yeah. Sanders in, in, in the presidency. Uh, well, there, there you go. But so. um, there, also, I, I want to I stress also that this sick leave um, issue, while it's a big issue, um, I, everybody should have paid sick leave. Um, it was a proxy for a larger issue, which is that the railroad workers had been pounding the company for years, demanding that staffing be left alone or expanded. And instead, the companies have steadily eroded the staffing levels to the point where the railroads are not safe. If you've noticed, there are many more derailings right now. There are many more um, incidents of um, leaks and um, oil cars coming over and spilling. And it's all as a direct result of this staffing issue that's um, been prevalent in the railroads over the last few years. It'll be interesting to see how the infrastructure bill affects that if that's something that's yeah. you know if railroads you know yeah I don't know. I, well you know high-speed rail is the ideal here right now i mean i i'm no fan of the uh, of our of our current transportation model and i think high-speed rail could radically change everything it could uh, it could definitely help um if you've got a train that could go from the west coast to the east coast in 18 hours then it it changes everything. I right. mean, you you know, it changes passenger transportation, and it changes freight. I mean, it changes the ability of um, of suppliers to meet the needs of their um, of of their customers without resorting to to air. And so, um, I'd, I'd like to back up a little bit, and I sure. really want to I, I want to commend the railroad workers for. Um, embracing an issue that affected the entire public you know um i i in at river bend the uh the doctors recently um threatened to strike um is uh and 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 the issue was not wages it wasn't benefits it was the desire of the hospital to um, impose a quota 
where they were going to have to see four patients an hour. And the point that the doctors were making was that there's no way that you can give an accurate diagnosis on somebody in 15 minutes. You sometimes, un, you know, regrettably, I guess, but unless sometimes it unless takes... Unless your house, if your house, you know. <laughs> You can do it. House. Yeah. Yes. That uh, I, I, I stand corrected. Right. Um, but anyway, 45 minutes, uh, you know, 45 minutes of questions are sometimes what it takes in order to provide an accurate diagnosis. Right. You're, you're doing detective work is what it amounts Absolutely. to. Absolutely. So uh, I want to change gears a little bit. We, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Springfield in a bit, but I wanted to talk about something just for the behind the scenes uh, that I get a kick out of. Sometimes, uh, how do I word this funny? Because I don't want to say it like I'm complaining because I love it. Sometimes you'll harass me about basketball. (laughs) So, 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 so. I love it. I love it. I I initiate those conversations. And it's it's so funny because... Uh, it became something that you knew that I loved and I learned very quickly that you love is NBA basketball. Yes. And so this is completely random, but that's what I love about what I get to do because here's the city councilor that is messaging me on a Thursday night at 9, 8, 9 p.m. And it's like, did you watch the game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sean Van Gordon and I talk about video games a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you and I talk about NBA basketball. So I wanted to yeah. give you a chance to talk about something that I know you love and that's NBA basketball. So... Uh, uh, you can't see it on the video because it's you know my feet are down here, but I'm wearing uh, Reebok pumps right now with my D Brown shirt. I thought yeah. that would be fitting. Yeah, you and you pumped up right before the I we pumped went up, on which, the air. which you know you have to do that in order if you're going to be ready to go. You pumped the sneakers, right? And so uh, uh, I'm a huge Celtics fan, and I yeah. know that you enjoy watching the Celtics. It's been great watching Peyton Pritchard. They're, they, the Celtics are flying high right now. Yeah. You know, they made a nice pickup in the offseason with Brogdon, you know, and um, I, uh, I I got to say, um, you probably watched the Warriors game. I did. Two nights ago. I did. And uh, the, the Warriors went with what I guess you'd call the modified death lineup. They, they went with a small lineup to right. begin with, and they were winning for most of the game. I think. Yeah. And so I, I think what happened was they got gassed at the end, and um, it, it's sort of what's been afflicting them the entire season is that the um what what's happening with the um with warriors is i think they lost a couple of their young stars uh, gary payton jr and um a guy named um oh doggone it uh, otto porter yeah um otto, otto porter jr also um so losing gp2 and losing um otto porter i think robbed them of a lot of hustle and a lot of grit and a lot of heart you know they say you shoot with your legs right well i think you defend with your heart and yeah gp2 uh, gary payton and otto porter were leading by example they were hustling and they were getting you know just getting down near the ground to play defense and when you see a teammate doing that you start playing it that way yourself and when you lose a teammate like that it has the opposite effect so yeah i think the you know if the if the warriors had it to do over again i think they would have paid whatever it takes to get those two guys back sure the beautiful thing about us finding that this is something that we like to talk about is that with you moving and being across country we'll still be able to know how to break the ice uh so dustin bodine uh, local acupuncturist, he's been a guest a few times. He wanted, he left a comment that said, you know, 15 minutes is not enough for good medical care. 
and he would know. I mean, he 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 works uh, with patients all the time, you know, every day, and that's just not enough time. I'm I'm really glad that um, somebody actually from the medical field uh, weighed in with their opinion on that because you know who am I? I'm uh, I'm sure. somebody who's relying on secondhand uh, accounts on that. So thanks. And Dusty also, I got something exciting that's going to be happening. Dusty is going to be giving me uh, an acupuncture treatment, and and so I've never done it before, and. Uh, I will see how I'm going to, I'm going to do something to broadcast that. Uh, we'll see how that works. I'm not sure if it's going to be full on because me with my shirt off is probably illegal. But um, oh, well, you, you, uh, it's a, cri- a crime against humanity. Yeah, Maybe so, the International Criminal Court's going to have to get involved. Right. So, uh, but we, you know, I want to give him a shout out. That'll be at a later date. That'll be in February. Uh, so, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And shout out to Dustin Bodine. He also left a comment that said, defend with your heart. That's awesome. So I do like that. And I think you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, and he said, thanks for the shout out, brother. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, anybody listening to the audio version of this podcast, you can watch it live stream on YouTube and all that stuff too. And when you do, you get to, you get to comment on it. So that's a kind of a fun way. So just, just a reminder that you can listen or you can watch uh, both audio and video versions of the podcast. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, before we get out of here, I wanted to um, give you a chance. I wanted, first of all, I wanted to say thank you, you know, for serving the Springfield community on the council for these past six years. I've seen the type of uh, compassion you have. Like at that event, there was some talk, oh, no, the generator's not working. And right. here comes Leonard Stair. He's like, what kind of generator do you need? <laughs> you know, let's make this happen. Fortunately for you and for your pocket, it didn't have to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then I realized later too, I was like, I have a generator. Yeah. Oh, you, you I have, have you one have in the box generator? in my garage. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. And All I right. didn't even realize it. But, but the point is, is that, you know, Johannes and I were so impressed with your willingness to just be like, I'll go right now to Costco or I'll go to buy Mart wherever I got to go, you know? And, and yeah. so hopefully whoever we find as a replacement for you has that, uh, you know, willingness to just be like, whatever I got to do. Well, you know, the, I, I, maybe it's just like uh, my Southern background, but food is very important. Yeah, you know, it's, well, I, I think you organize with food. And, and Mexican food is like, if I had to choose one food that I could only live on for the rest of my life, it would be Mexican I, food. I think uh, I, you, you and I are together on yeah. that. Maybe, you know, it's, it's close between that and Indian food for me, but, you know, it's, it's right there. They're, yeah. they're, they're both going to kill me eventually, but, you know, and, and I'll, I'll go out with a smile on my face. We're all dying from, li- from life itself, yeah. you know? So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, where do you see, before, I want to talk about your favorite memory in Springfield, but where do you see the future uh, the in Springfield, the near future and beyond. Well, when when Commissioner Bernie uh, was running for uh, for um, the uh, county commission, um, he had his campaign kickoff at the Plumbers and Steamfitters local in Springfield. It's a uh, big. Um, sort of um, elegantly appointed building and um, although you know not opulent but but very well um, furnished with uh, classrooms and that kind of thing and I think it sent a really positive message that he had the event not at a uh, conference center or something like that but at a uh, at a local it sent a, it sent a message that he was actually going to advocate for workers and he uh, he was as good as his word. Um, he he definitely uh, he definitely backed it up. 
Well, that doesn't say good for the future because Joe Burton is no longer. Um, oh <laughs> well, know. well. Oh, okay. Well, it was two separate questions, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. All, right, all right. So, uh, so my my hope. That's for the your future. favorite memory, is what you're saying? Is the, yeah. Is that the Joe that Bernie? was my memory. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, for the future, um, my hope for the future is that we can maintain. Um, when I came here 11 years ago, I was very, very much struck and taken with what I considered this sort of hard luck working class town that was scrambling just to get by. And so I was, um, I, I'm th struck now by the fact that we're on the brink of prosperity. And um, my question is whether this is going to be prosperity for everyone, for you and me, um, or whether it's going to be prosperity for the already prosperous. Right. And so the, the challenge is I... Um, I, I realized going back to when I first came to the town that what I really fell in love with was the struggle itself. Um, and I, I think most of the people that are tuned in right now are never going to live a life that's entirely free from struggle. I know I'm not going to. Right. And I suspect you're not no. going to No, spent either. the rent. That's what it's all about, right? Right. Yeah. So I... It, I would urge everybody who's listening today, um, don't get caught up in worrying about the end game. Don't get um, fixated on some easy street outcome. Embrace the struggle because the struggle is what's beautiful. That sounds like you're actually cutting a rap album. That's that's the you know that's the that's the yeah, that's, that's the what ethos I'm doing of right hip hop. Now. You know, yeah. So, could, could you lay down a beat for me? Right. I think we're ready. So. so yeah, uh, you know, and you had talked about your favorite memory, and I and my first thought on that with Joe Bernie speaking directly to the local, you know, or, or having a funk uh, an event at the local, is one thing I've learned with this podcast is what what it, what is needed on a city council. I had no idea what this was all about. You know, all I knew was it was a bunch of old guys, and that and that. And, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, and and I learned why it's because you don't get paid. Right, you know, and yeah. so that it's for somebody uh, that uh, absolutely true. It's a uh, trust uh, trust fund babies. Um, yeah, it's uh, independently wealthy and it's retirees. Right, and and there's a reason for that. Now there is a good, there's a benefit to age and experience. I truly, truly believe this because yeah. you've seen how things work. I want to give a shout out to a 16 year old Devin Lawson that was on my episode a couple weeks ago because that kid is learning how bills are passed. No doubt, more than I could even fathom. And they're I, 16 I, years old. I, I think Devin. So it's, I, I think Devin knows more about the process than I do. I'm not even kidding. And so that my point is, is that there's people all across age spectrums that are crushing it in the knowledge of of how this this whole thing works but what i learned one of the things i learned is that it's so important to have extreme voices that are unequivocally gonna gonna defend like you are 100 percent pro-union you know you know right so so that, in a council in a council i think that's really cool to have that kind of voice because you're not the only person Right. So if it's if it's like if, if they if the knock on you would have would have been, well, he only is 100 percent. He's only going to listen to the union. I'm like, OK, we need that representation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in a, an executive position, maybe it's a little bit. different. I, I, I don't think you often hear um, from most quarters um, the objection um, that counselor is just too pro business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. it, it, does, it doesn't come up too often. But it, but, you know, I mean, you can make. 
I'm sure that it, it, it exists in people, though, behind the scenes. They well, may not advertise I, I, it. I think people feel that and they think that, but it's not expressed. They don't advertise it. It's definitely a lot easier sell to say I'm pro-worker, Yeah, you know, because there's more of them and they're angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the businesses, will, you know, but I just think that's something that I've learned that what it's, it's beneficial to have, t- you know, different voices that are like, what about this person? And every single time anything comes up, you're like, what about the workers? What about the workers? And you know that it's going to be nonstop. And so then other people on the council that are proposing different things are going to be like, how are we going to hear about what the workers are going to want? Because <laughs> you need that representation in there. And so I think that's just something I've learned from that. Yep. Uh, you wanted to talk directly before we get out of here. You wanted to talk directly to the to the I, people. I, of I think I already did it. I mean, you know, I uh, what, what I really want to do is I just want to um, just make sure that nobody loses faith in the process. Um, you know, the process is what we got, and just please um, engage yourself. Go to meetings. Uh, go get engaged with co- uh, commissions. Um, there, uh, the the arts commission right now is begging for members. Um, so go get on the city website sign up for the arts commission sign up for any of the commissions that interest you or that have a vacancy and just start to get engaged in the working of the city i've been considering doing that as far as the art commission but i'm also considering applying for a grant <laughs> and, so, uh, yeah. and so i'm like i don't know if Understood. i could be on the council you know uh, I you know, know. I, I think that's a uh, you know it's a potential conflict but it would only be a conflict with certain I mean, you could certainly be on the museum committee and get a grant from the city. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I I'm definitely, there is conflict. opportunities for people like myself, uh, I've been told by Jim Couples, shout out to Jim Couples, that he's like, dude, there's grants for people like what you do. And so I need to look into that more because I don't really have a revenue stream for the podcast. And I, it's it's a little, I'm, I'm bringing in money, but it's all through donations. And so this is my, my senseless plug that if you'd like to support the podcast, that you can go to strpod.com, strpod.com, and you can become a monthly donor on PayPal or Patreon. Patreon's probably what I prefer. Uh, I'd like to get away from PayPal, but either one that's easier for you, or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can just go straight to strpod.com and you can donate on PayPal, Patreon, yeah. or you can even do Venmo. It's at Spent the Rent, so yeah. That's a and cool... and by the way, uh, there's also Spent the Rent swag. Available yeah, I got T-shirts. On the site. That's right. I got, and I'm going to be working on that this weekend. I think I've got white T-shirts. Yeah, uh, I got some smaller sizes. I got smalls and me- mediums and. I when I bought them, I thought about the fat kids first, like myself, you know. So, yep. uh, I suitable for birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Right, they, they're really quality T-shirts too. I've been really impressed. They're they are very they, soft. I, are they union made? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I get. Let's them from, say they are. I get. I just. I'll just say yes. I get them from Sticker Mule, and I'm really happy with that that service. And if you want to use Sticker Mule, you can go to my website strpod.com, and uh, on the sponsors page, there's a there's a. Uh, banner that you can click and we would both get $10 off. So you can do that as well, which is a cool little thing. Go to the website, strpod.com and click around and there's a bunch of cool stuff. Hey, Leonard Stair, city councilor, Leonard Stair, at least city councilor for the next, you know, 48 hours or something. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, good luck on your next adventure. Uh, hitting the road again. I'm sure that uh, you'll be able to go back and listen to all my past episodes if you've missed any. Yeah, you're gonna have I, some I'm, time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing catch up in a lot of regards, and that's certainly going to be one of them. I'm going to yeah. be uh, getting getting on the air with uh, uh, catching up with the uh, the back the yeah, back the episodes. backlog. Yeah. It's really sad to see you go. I've been a big fan of of seeing you in the council meetings and knowing that I had 
an ally on the well, council. It's been a pleasure, brother. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I really, uh, I, I really enjoyed working with you too. I'll be excited to see who steps up and uh, if I have uh, access. <laughs> so I know that uh, you know, like uh, you, you and Corey Rodley, I could reach out to pretty much at any time, and I'd get, I'd hear back within a little bit. Uh, people have asked me like, why don't you have people from the opposition on a lot? And I'm like, well, you know, why don't they do their own damn podcast? I mean, wow. if Joe Pishinari wants a podcast, he can make it himself. Well, no, no. you know, and and I've I've had a cordial relationship with Joe, but um, you're you're a, you're you're making a uh, you're making a cogent point here. I, I think that they should um there there should be um something along the lines of what what was Bozovich's um podcast i, I, I can't know. remember but they're they're everybody's certainly free to set up their own rig i'm sure that their podcast would be great it would be called like my hair's on fire and my my kid is my kid is learning alternate facts right you know, hey, exactly anyways uh, we're gonna in, get out in, of here in drag yeah yeah thank you so much leonard stair uh and and i you know i look forward to to being able to at least keep in con- contact with you on social media hey shout out to everybody listening and we're gonna get out of here We're going to end this with a song. This is Lee Jones of Buffalo Romeo with Hang 12. Hang 12 at Diablo. The surf is absolutely rad up there at Diablo. It's well coming around the point and it's a come for you. You're tugging the curl, you're sitting top of the world It's you and Mother Nature getting down Diablo Canyon has the hottest surfing around Got the hottest wheels up there at Diablo It's a four-barrel 409 kind of love affair Yeah, but Shelly, I'm real, really blue.